Hello, and welcome back to another FACT podcast. I'm Dr. Fred Clary, founder of Functional Analysis Chiropractic Technique. And in this episode, we're going to cover a controversial subject and a subject that has changed since the 1970s and 80s. And that is stretching as warm-ups. Yes, stretching out as warm-ups. We all remember, if you're as old as I am, I'm in my 50s, um, having those long tube socks and ridiculously short shorts for gym class, and you had a uniform. And that's when we had gym class. We actually went to gym every day. I tell my uh, teenagers now that we had gym every day, and they look at me like I have a hole in my head. We had gym every day for four years, all, all years through high school. Anyway, um, we would go to gym class. You put on your uniform, run outside, and we would start static stretching, throwing, you know, sitting down on, on your rear end, putting your leg out, stretching your hamstrings slowly, static stretching, stretching your arms, your shoulders, and then we would go run or do the sport activity. Recently, and I mean recently, like in 2018, um, some of the first articles came out about 10, 15 years ago, and we'll go over some of those today in this episode. We've learned that static stretching not only does not help athletic performance, and a lot of, uh, of the top athletes of the, top, of the last 20, 30, 40 years have known that, and they've just gone ahead and not waited for the research. Thank God they didn't wait for the research and to be validated. But they uh, kind of moved away from static stretching and moved to more dynamic. And in fact, some research, some scientific research, actually shows that static stretching as a warm-up decreases. I'm going to say it again. Decreases athletic performance. Why is that important? Well, as a chiropractor, I'm always looking for ways to help my patients. And in chiropractic college, as well as some physical therapy, schools, um, rehabilitation, you will see people doing a lot, giving a lot of static stretches. And again, I'm not opposed to that, but not as the only way for exercise or warm up before performance. One of my favorite articles on the negative effect of static stretching is from the Journal of Science and Medical Sport. And they came out in November 2009. So you're talking, you know, about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago. And what they said, the researchers said, is that there is substantial evidence that static stretching may inhibit performance and strength and power activities. That's the first line of the abstract. The abstract is kind of like a summary of the entire article, what it's about. It's, you know, your 10, 20 sentence hit of what this 10, 20 page um, paper would be about. So the abstract, the first sentence, in my opinion, knocked down so much research and the way we do things in athletics. I mean, just think about high school gym class, all the sports you performed. We always started, you know, stretching out your calves, your hamstrings, your quads, your shoulders very slowly. Um, That was the beginning of the activity. And now there's research showing that it actually inhibits strength and performance, especially power. You know, that is the ability to move something heavy fast. 
So for powerlifters, weightlifters, crossfitters, bodybuilders, this would be the worst thing you would want. For football players or any athlete of any kind, gymnasts, swimmers, this would be the worst thing you want. And the reason for this, and I'm just going to jump ahead, the reason for this, as we slowly stretch muscles, we actually neurologically have them start guarding. Okay, so if I'm reaching far up, trying to get something off the top shelf, the higher I get, the longer my muscle gets stretched, the muscle itself, the tendon, which attaches muscle to bone, the fascia, which surrounds the muscle and gives it support and its look. When I reach up for that, that high shelf to get that can of soup or that coffee cup hidden away at the top shelf, as I'm stretching, specialized nerve endings in my muscles and my fascia and my tendon in the middle of my muscle, Golgi tendon organ, fancy name for um, a specialized nerve ending in my tendon, muscle spindle in the middle muscle, various types of proprioceptors in my fascia, and, and there won't be a quiz, but I'm just trying to throw some of the names out there for the docs listening. When I reach out, they actually send information into the cord, the spinal cord, up into the brain, and in areas of the motor cortex, supplementary motor, associated motor, um, primary, secondary areas, and slow down the contraction and try to protect the joint and the muscle. Remember, the body's always trying to focus on survival. So that slow stretch actually weakens the muscle. So if you do have a heavy weight, maybe it's not a coffee cup, maybe that's a 10-pound weight, lead weight you're about to grab, it will actually shut down your movement because the body doesn't want to injure the joints. And that's real important. The joints take precedence, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. The body's trying to protect the joints. So it will actually shut things down. Now, I remember when some of this research came out, very controversial. So whenever there's controversial research, a good scientist, a good researcher would say, okay, you over at on the East Coast University doesn't believe me, or you in the Midwest University doesn't believe me and wrote all these articles saying this is fallacy. You do the research. Duplicate it. Prove it for yourself. And a plethora of research came out proving, much, sometimes much to the uh, surprise of the researcher, proving that static stretching, first just doing static stretching as a warm-up, is not a good warm-up and leads to decreased performance and, in some cases, led to increased injury rates. And again, that's because neurologically you're shutting down the information around that joint and the, the body's trying to protect it. Well, if you're in the middle of a bench press or a squat or something like that and you start shutting down muscle activity, then the tendon, guess what, gets the full force of it and you get tears, you get rips, you get injuries. And then people out there, you know, those people, whoever those people are, would say that, oh, well, that doesn't make sense, Fred. It doesn't make sense. Why would the brain shut down muscles knowing that it's going to get, the tendon's going to tear? 
Well, guess what? We didn't evolve that way. We didn't evolve bench pressing 500 pounds or squatting 600 or trying to swim as fast as we humanly could for 100 meters. That is not what we were designed to do. We were designed to run, jump up trees, throw spears, throw rocks, run away from danger. That's what we were designed to do. So when we try to control some of these activities, our body's saying, hey, I'm trying to protect myself from further injury right now. So the static stretching, just straight static stretching has been proving to have a negative effect, not only on any athletic performance, but any performance, physical performance. Well, I know that many of you taking yoga class are very upset at that. And I'm going to reiterate, don't stop taking yoga. If you need to, you know, relax, stretch, increase range of motion, fantastic. Please do it. Please realize I've never seen anyone do 45 minutes of static stretching or even 15 minutes of static stretching before a big Super Bowl or the Stanley Cup or some other activity. And I know this goes against a lot of uh, ideas in physical therapy. I, I have Robert Anderson's complete book of stretching. I still copy pages out for patients because I'm dealing with injuries and I'm just trying to get movement into the area. And any neurological involvement of that joint is going to help, any motion. And that's the main thing we, we want to go back and look at. I've been recommending for decades that the first part of rehabilitating a joint post-surgical, after an injury, is always stability. More like positional strength, the ability to hold a position. You can use the word isometric. That's where you strengthen it against resistance and the joint doesn't move. That's the first thing that should be strengthened. That ramps up neurological activity coming in from that joint, say your shoulder, and you don't have to push yourself. You're not trying to even do full range of motion. Then the next thing is passive range of motion. So you want to get the passive range of motion moving. That's where you would, for an arm, you would just slowly have someone else stretch it. Or you would dangle it against body weight or use a wand. That's where you hold a closet dowel and move it around a little bit. Or do activities that slowly increase this range of motion. Then active range of motion, that's where you actually try to move that joint. Then you would do more dynamic exercise and strengthening. But again, I start, from, I start with some type of contraction right away, positional holding, reduced range of motion. So if you have an injury, you would move it five or 10 degrees and start contracting the muscle slowly. You know, that's, that's loading up the neurology of the brain to let your body know that it's still there and to include it in what we call a motor program in its normal use or even its athletic use. But one word of caution, and again, the normal warning, if you're injured, if you have a physiological problem, a biological problem, if you're hurt, go see your chiropractor, your medical doctor, your physical therapist, your osteopath, your certified midwife. Go see a professional, get coached through the injury. Have someone professionally look at it. You can't diagnose your, yourself. You're just not qualified. You're too close. Having said that, have someone look at the, the joint and, and go through the routine. 
Now, let's move forward to people just trying to warm up. What's the best thing to do? Well, an article came out in 2018 from the uh, Journal of Sports Medicine and Physical Fitness, um, September 2018, that basically said, uh, the article was titled, Could the Negative Effects of Static Stretching in Warm-Up Be Balanced Out by Sports-Specific Exercise? And that's the thing I want to push today, the sports-specific exercise. You can do some stretching, but then you have to jog in place. If you're a football player, you get down in the three-point stance and run forward like you're about to tackle or block somebody. You have to wake up the nervous system, not just the joints. It's the nervous system that has to be awake and ready to fire the muscles. It's the brain that has to be working. The brain has to be warmed up. There are plenty of people that get hurt. We watch it all the time. They're warmed up. Their body temperature's up. The joint temperature's up. Circulation is working. And they're jogging and something tears. Why did it tear? I've actually heard that you had to warm up the belly of the muscle one half degree Fahrenheit before it's ready for any activity. I've heard all kinds of, you know, I want to (laughs) say guesses. And that may help 80% of the people. But if you're warming up that muscle, the main thing is neurologically, you're reconnecting. You're connecting the brain, the nervous system, with the muscle, with the joint, with the part, with the movement you're trying to do. And that's what you want to do, is you want to keep doing the movement you want to do as you increase your alertness, being awake. That's where that coordination between your brain and the joint and your movement, whatever sport you're trying to do, or if you're just trying to, you know, rake leaves, that movement is the most important. Practice that movement a few times. Golf swings. We all take three or four golf swings before we hit it. That's not a static stretch. That's a dynamic sports specific movement. We take a few light swings, and then we get up and we nail it. We crush the ball, well, most of us. I certainly don't. But that those swings are to what? Connect yourself to the movement. Connect your brain to the movement. It's the nervous system that has to be warmed up. And yes, if you're cold, it always helps. But remember, if you're cold, you don't feel connected to your nervous system. If you're cold, if your muscles are cold, your muscles are shivering, you're just trying to increase body temperature. If you're physically cold, your your muscles are shunting their own blood supply to your organs in your brain to keep you alive. It's about survival. So a lot of that increasing temperature and warm-up is all about shutting off the shunting effect of being cold. And what you should do is sports-specific warm-ups. You know, I've seen people who do squats. I've seen people warm up, and I do them, singles all the way through. You know, single with the bar. You know, one plate, two plates, three plates, four plates, five plates. I've seen people do ten. You know, they'll do two or three um, warm-ups with, say, ten reps, eight reps. They got their blood going, all that. They put a heavy weight on, and they get hurt. Because they haven't warmed up the neurology. They haven't practiced the form. They haven't taken those practice swings. So what's that mean for, say, activities of daily living or injury recovery? Well, if you work on a factory line, you got to practice standing up and moving things from the left to right, if that's what you do. 
If you do a lot of driving, you have to sit there and practice holding that position and turning a, a, a steering wheel. Sports-specific, movement-specific, activity-specific will wake up the nervous system. And when you wake up the nervous system, and research already shows this, blood starts going to that area. The nervous system say, hey, I need blood to my legs or my arms. And it will automatically quickly open up that area. And it's amazing how quick that works. So it's both. The nervous system is in charge. Again, don't throw away your static stretches, but what's important is activity-specific movements. Take a few practice swings. That's the most important in your warm-up. And this has been another Fact Podcast.